Welcome to the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast. Working in the early years is busy, funny, messy and exhausting. Join me, Shana, some of the Twinkle EYFS team, special guest speakers and other early years practitioners as we talk honestly about our experiences. Whether you're listening for CPD, on your commute or to help you relax, Twinkle EYFS will share everything you need to know about all things early years. Hello lovely listeners, it's Shana here from the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast and I've got another episode in our mini-series of Twinkle Talks EYFS around the world and we're going to be a little bit closer to home today and on TikTok live with Amy from Twinkle Northern Ireland. Again, it's just like Scotland, just because we think they're so close we think we've got the same curriculum. We don't. There's actually a lot of differences. And Amy has been kind enough to join us to tell us all about it. So we're going to get straight on with the show. But if you would like to watch us as well as listen us, pause right here and go onto the Twinkle EYFS YouTube channel and go and find our video recording of our TikTok live there. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to a live event, a live podcast episode of Twinkle Talks EYFS. If you haven't joined us before, my name is Shana and I am the manager of the Twinkle EYFS team uh, here in England. And we've been we've been going on an adventure, Amy. We've been going around the world from our living rooms. Um, and it's very fitting that today we uh, go to Northern Ireland to meet you, Amy, which is great. So it's lovely to have you here. Uh, before we get started, everybody who is watching live, hey, now some of you have already seen um, that we've got a comment section. We're going to be talking about loads of really interesting things. So please feel free to use the comments and ask us anything that comes up and we'll do our best to read them out and uh, answer your questions for you. So I'm going to stop talking now because it's been a lot. Amy, over to you. Why don't you introduce yourself to our lovely listeners? Thank you very much. Yes, well, um, I am Amy. <laughs> um, and I am the Early Years Manager for Northern Ireland um, with Twinkle. I've been here about uh, over two years now and um, loving it. I um, sort of came up through like everybody else, I think, um, out in education, early years, primary schools, um, and then fell into Twinkle's hands and have been, have been <laughs> loving it ever since. So yeah, um, it's so good to be on here and be able to, to chat to everybody and um, maybe give you an insight into Northern Ireland that you didn't know. Or <laughs> I definitely think exciting. so. Good, I'm great. And secret, well, I say a secret, a little surprise for our listeners. Me and Amy both have the same birthday, so it's totally like meant to be. This is what we're <laughs> supposed to, this is why we're here. I'm, I'm yeah. loving it. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know where to start really, because actually I do know where to start because I was speaking to Fiona from Scotland um, a couple of weeks ago and the first thing that a lot of people might come to their mind is well hang on a minute Shana why are you talking to someone from Northern Ireland that they're using the same cricket you know it's part of the UK it's part of Great Britain there's not going to be a lot different is there or is there Amy <laughs> there is I think actually quite a big difference between uh, Northern Ireland and the UK education wise especially in the early years 
um, a lot of the sort of now correct me if I'm wrong but I even think starting age and school and things are actually different over here than they might be in England I think Northern okay, Ireland is one of the youngest um, for age? well for primary school you can start on your fourth birthday <gasps> what yeah so you can start depending on when you're born now there was a there was an act brought in I think it was last year um after COVID and things like that, where parents could actually defer the start of your sort of um, school years, depending on where your birthday fell. Obviously, because if you were like an April to June baby, then you would be classed as sort of the youngest of the class. So if you were one of those children, your parents could actually choose to defer you until your, your fifth birthday, so that you would actually be not the youngest in the class, which is quite interesting. Um, so yeah, that, that is, now I, get, correct me if I'm wrong, what, what age do you start actually primary school at in England? Five years old. Five. And you can defer as well, so that, because yeah. um, so I had a couple of... only come in to Northern Ireland there last year, so um, you could have started when you were, when you were four over here, which is quite young, um, and I think yeah. then they brought that in because it was never an option then over here, um. I think a lot of sort of kids were struggling a wee bit, especially when they were against maybe children who were nearly a full year ahead of them. So when they started primary at four years old, did they go into reception? We don't have reception. So what we <gasps> have in Northern Ireland is, so you would go to preschool, well, you can go to any, you can go to daycare, you can go to playgroup, all those sorts of things that aren't compulsory before you go to preschool. Preschool also is not compulsory. Um, and you can get funded places by the Department of Education to go to preschool, um, but it, as I said, it's not compulsory. And then you've got nursery, and then you've got primary one. And primary one would be classed as foundation stage, so foundation stage would be primary one and primary two, and then you go into key stage one, which is three, four, five, and then key stage three, no, sorry, key stage one is three and four, Keysage two, um, five and six, and then I think sort of six, seven is Keysage three, going into high school really. So yeah, um, ours is quite different. There is no reception, there's no, um, any of the development matters, it doesn't apply over here, um, because I go through to my goal all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all that matters, all that sort of stuff, <laughs> and that's not, that's not over here, so. Wow. It is, it is actually quite a lot different than... Yeah. And also, I heard something you said there, that if you were born in April to June, you would be the youngest. And that's interesting because in England, April is considered spring-born, and it's actually from May to August that you're considered the youngest yeah. of the year. So does that mean your term times are different? Yes, our term times are different, years because we, we get eight weeks summer holidays what okay i'm moving to ireland like yes we get eight weeks summer holidays so we finish the last week of june and then we don't go back until normally we don't go back until sort of the um second last week in august sort of teachers would start to go back in the middle of august and then you wouldn't really start back into school until sort of the last week or possibly the week before the last in august so, so does that mean August-borns are your oldest? 
Yes, well, let me get this right. <laughs> if Yes, if you're July, August or September, your class is the oldest in the year group. And then if you're like April, May, June, you are the babies of the group. That's so funny. That is so, that is literally like the opposite of like, if you were born in August in England, you are the completely, you are the youngest of the year. That is so yeah. funny. Yeah. This is what I mean. This is why we're doing this like mini series because really? you're across, you across really the river, I want to say across the river. No. I really you think though that we are so close, but yet everything is so different. And then again, like, I don't know much about it, but Northern Ireland and Ireland are completely different again. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, yeah. You can like wave so, to, to Ireland and be like, hey. Yeah, <laughs> so everything, everything is so, so, so different. I love it. But that's why it's so important to do things like this because like early years is so different across the world, but also there's so many things that we do together without even realizing it. And I think it's also really nice to look at like, I mean, so maybe we want to move perhaps, you know, with everything that's going on in England at the minute. <laughs> people me <laughs> might think you know it's not it's not the best place for teachers at the minute uh, in england so well you know yeah. what, what are other countries doing at the moment i don't know if northern ireland is the best place either <laughs> but oh, um to be fair i love northern ireland i wouldn't move but i know that sort of there's a lot going on teachers wise are are sort of um parliament and everything else is a bit of a shambles over here so like our whole department of education our education minister like the teachers are fighting hard at the minute and it's the same over in england um but yeah it's it's sort of the same everywhere i think across the board really when it comes to education mm. just funding and things like that like it's really sort of struggling but um, I think that's sort of a world problem after COVID and things like that. So there's not much yeah. we can we can do about it, unfortunately. No, and it's it's quite sad, isn't it? But I feel like it is also a unique thing to early years as well. Like obviously, all schools are being affected, but yeah. early years is so unique because we require such different things. We require more physical labor during the day like the kids yeah. are not sitting at the desks we are literally running around after three after three year olds all day um different hours because you know if we've got earlier private earlier settings they're open seven till seven they do shift work you know staffing is always an issue and you know wherever you go but the resourcing the funding like it's just it's so it's such a unique department to work in i love it but then yeah it also brings challenges that unfortunately like you say seem to be in quite a few places at the minute yeah, but what well, we can do amy we can stick together though can't we we can we can that's that's what we're here to do <laughs> we're here to make it easier for all the rest of the early years people out there well hope but I'm sorry, I, I sort of you know i do miss although i love my job and i love what we do like i do miss being out with the kids all the time and stuff like that but um at least we're making a difference from this side of things <laughs> <laughs> well we I, I hope so i hope so hopefully <laughs> okay so first things first for me before we even get into the classroom in northern ireland um how do you like how do you train to be an earliest practitioner or teacher how do you get there what kind of courses degrees pathways can you can you can you go through yeah there's, there is quite a few um, sort of pathways that you can take to get into 
um, early years. My own path, might as well start with it because I know it the best. <laughs> um, so I went through school. I got through right until sort of what we would call sick beer um, in our high school, which would be the top two levels where you would then do your A-levels. Um, mm. And instead of doing A-levels, I chose to do my level three diploma in childcare and education, which was sort of like a, um, it, my school sort of offered those kind of courses that you could actually do in tech as well, but my school did it within the school building, which was great because then I didn't have to move. Mm. Um, and I did that and got my qualification through that. So that was two years. I did of that and then once I finished there I then applied for my early childhood studies in um, Stramillis College and um, University in Belfast and I studied then there for my Bachelor of, All- Bachelor of Arts um, oh. in early childhood <laughs> studies um, for three years and got that and then um, that then qualified me to be an early years educator so um, now it obviously is quite um, specific in what you can then go in to work as. Um, obviously, you can do, you can also then go and do your level five. So I did my level three when I was in school. You can also do your level five if you didn't go and do your degree, and then that would qualify you um, to sort of manage early years settings as well. Um, the early years degree then would be even higher than that again so there are lots of sort of different options you can go to sort of a tech you can go to um, uni you can um, obviously do some stuff through school like I did so there is a lot of different options university wise over in Northern Ireland there isn't Um, unfortunately over here teaching wise as well if you wanted to go into teaching um, there's really only one slash two unis um in Northern Ireland that actually you can go to. So oh, most wow. of Northern Ireland who want to go and teach have to go away to England. Um so yeah it is it is a bit trippy. It's very, very competitive as well because obviously there is only um two colleges in well two universities in Northern Ireland for teaching. Um, which is why a lot of them people do maybe their undergrad and then go and do their PGCE away. Um, so yeah, it is it is kind of competitive. Even in the early years, it's very competitive because there's not that many places university wise if you want to go to that level. Um, but it is it, it is possible. Um, so yeah, that was my sort of path. Um, and yeah, as I said, there's lots of different. You can do like HNDs. You can do sort of MVQs different things like that which would all be through sort of um tech colleges and things like that but lots of people have sort of drifted into um early years in lots of different ways as well so it's not just you don't have to specifically go in through that route as well so and I know an awful lot of teachers who've gone on to do who've studied their teaching and then realized actually I really like early years and then dropped down into the younger ages so it really is very varied and I don't know if it's particularly different to the UK or anywhere else um, but yeah that's that's sort of options that you can go into through Northern Ireland. Mm. I mean it's not too dissimilar to what you said like in terms of the different um, like college or school or, or levels and things like that but it's actually interesting now that you say that there's only two universities in the whole of Northern Ireland that that actually provide the teaching qualification 
um, I had a partner teacher in reception and she was from Northern Ireland and that's exactly what she did because she said it was so competitive. Um, It was just, there were more options in England. So she lived in Northern Ireland her entire life, then came over, did a PGCE. um, And we, yeah, we were partner teachers together. Um, So yeah. yeah. Very, very competitive. And the two universities, well, they are sort of um, branched or sister universities of Queen's University in Belfast, which is obviously well known. Um, but Stramillis and then there would be St Mary's now St Mary's don't quote me on this um, if I am wrong but I'm nearly positive that you have to be able to speak Irish to go to St Mary's and um, ah. so that also then um, means that there's a really select amount of people then can go to St Mary's um, over Stramillis so it is very very competitive um, because obviously not everybody in Northern Ireland speaks Irish and so that then means that there's technically for some people only one university that they can choose to go to i know a lot of my friends and a lot of my year and even years above and below have all gone to um uk liverpool things like that to do their qualification because it is just so so competitive so it is that's one thing And, and another thing i would sort of um wish that Northern Ireland would bring in would sort of be over in England I'm nearly sure I think I looked into it at one stage when I was younger is sort of um getting your degree through practical um places, what I did. things like that where we don't schools have direct that. it's called yeah we don't have any of that so you can't do that over here you do placements while you are in university um but you don't you can't sort of work in that while getting your degree if you get me which mm-hmm. you can then over in England which is it's a pain <laughs> yeah it sounds it is it the same for nurseries like actually working in there as well because you said it was quite competitive to even train and that some of universities only accept people who can speak Irish are there a lot of nurseries that will say that about practitioners like you can only work here if you've got the Irish language as well is it quite common not really there would be irish medium schools over here which um speak irish on a daily basis and teach in irish and things like that they are growing actually um over here and things like that mostly it would be integrated schools um which would be both and then um stuff like that so no not really if you wanted to particularly go and work in an irish medium school you would need your irish language Mm -hmm. Um, and you would need to know how to educate in Irish as well. So yes, if you were looking to go down that path, but any other path, no, um, you don't. It's not necessary, and a lot of places wouldn't really ask because there is, it is growing now the the amount of people who can speak Irish over here, but it's not. Um, it, it's still not as popular um, as mm. the the English English language. So. Um, now it is sort of competitive to get into nurseries but then again it's probably the same over with you it's very sort of female dominated workplace and lots of women go off and have children or things like that so there is always nursery jobs and I think at the moment especially with um, wages and things like that people are just going off to different jobs because mm-hmm. they need more money mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately early years uh, over here is not is not paid well no. So, do you um get like 
apprentices and things as like like that as well are you able to do that not really um no if you were the only way really would be placements through sort of your tech or your um university or things like that but um now if you I'm pretty sure if you are sort of going into that field of work um, a school or a nursery or things like that would allow you to come in and get experience but um, mostly they would ask for you to have a qualification of some sort before wow, okay. coming in but a lot of classroom assistants and stuff which obviously would be more primary school so it's sort of edging out of EYFS um, but you sort of just need your your um, GCSEs, your A-levels, things like that. And they do like experience, but you don't actually need qualification where early years would be a wee, wee bit more specific. Um, although if you were sort of a nursery assistant, they wouldn't mind too much if you didn't have a specific um, qualification. A lot yeah, of the I nurseries mean, I've worked in have sort of... Um, a lot of them have been qualified because if you're qualified, that's the field of work you want to go into. But there's also been a lot of girls who have come in after school and sort of just stayed there ever since and sort of grown up in the place, which is quite nice as well. Well, this is what I I did that. It sounds really lame, but uh, my first ever teaching job and my first training when I did my school's direct was at the primary school that I went in when I was a little girl. And it was just, it was really nice. Um a bit awkward for my teachers who taught me and then here I was in the staff room like yeah hey <laughs> they were like you make us feel so old but that's kind of how you do it like especially in early years it's such a practical thing and it you don't really know the job until you do the job it's such a unique thing that yeah. like for us it would be it, it's vital to have apprentices and student teachers and student practitioners because a, we need the staff because I'm sure, like in Northern Ireland, staffing and ratios is just a whole other minefield. But also, I learned so much more being in the classroom than I did at university. I'm not saying that university is terrible, it's not. It gave me all the theory and things like that. But it's one thing to say, this is what a classroom should do. This is what yeah. a classroom should like. And then you've actually got 44 three-year-olds, two are like you know I don't know ripping up all of the books you've got five having a poon army in the role play area like you know that's just what life is and yeah. for, for us that's vital and that's why I do think Northern Ireland should bring in a practical way of getting your qualification because you know there's so many people that I know that yes like to get into drum unless you do an interview a face-to-face -face interview with a panel um of people and you talk about lots of different things and I'm I, it just in my mind it doesn't make sense because I'm like that's not what you do with a bunch of children and that's not <laughs> how you like how does that show you whether they will be good at teaching or educating or caring for children yeah but I don't do, I have nothing to do with it so I just it, <laughs> it, it, just, it sort of confuses me I don't know why but yeah I get you I think and look the placements as well because we were, we were lucky enough to get the chance to go into every sort of age range and every type yes. of year setting, which was great. Because then you sort of got to see which one you liked the most. But not even for that, just to actually realise this is actually what you do. It's not sitting in a lecture, listening to a lecturer for three hours, um, nice. talking about something that's just right over your head. <laughs> right. And I don't want to... Maybe it's just me, but when I went to university, 
it wasn't like it was primary as a whole so like from three years old to 11 and I can count on one hand how many of those lectures and seminars was specifically for early years and I was just like why am I like why am I like okay why why am I learning how to teach the bus stop method or like whatever because it's like I know I want to be in a my placement is in early years I know what am I why am I what you know so and oh, we've got the wonderful twinkle at key stage two joining us hey and they also say experience over university all the time thank you now let me just play let me just play like fair obviously in early years there is a quite a bit of difference in terms of qualification for a reason because they're such young children we have to do things like potty training feeding weaning you know all of that stuff for babies it is it is a very health and social care skill as well so i can i can definitely see why some nurseries would be like look you know <laughs> we can't quite trust you with the babies just yet because you haven't got your qualifications but what do you do and i can see that because it is such a vulnerable time for children and that i feel like as practitioners we do have to do a lot of the personal care much more yeah but there's got to be a balance that's like, that's sort of that's sort of an area where i loved when i was in early years you know i i worked in every single setting that you could think of when it comes to <laughs> care or education so but see a day like a day nursery where there was a baby room a toddler room preschool I just love that like I loved I'm a very sort of maternal like love all the wee baby stuff things like that <laughs> when I was in there and you sort of got to watch these children just grow into little little adults and it was just I love that and I love the vulnerability of you know children of that age where the world is so exciting and you know you think in your head and you're like oh I wish I thought like that all the time yeah <laughs> so it was just so magical nicer please but like right. all the feeding and the and, and the those life experiences of you know weaning and potty training and things like that like you don't a lot of people never experience that and I, I think that's to me that would be really sad because it's such an amazing amazing time and when a parent the most the most amazing part for me was when a parent would come to me and ask me sort of a question on parenting and I was like like I wasn't I'm not a parent right now and it's like that was really lovely to me that they actually thought oh yeah like she knows what she's doing and I'll ask her I would like to ask her a question and they're actually the one with a child and it was it was just lovely like I love that sort of side of things yeah and this is another thing as well and I'm not sure if it's just you know for England or it's just across the world but like there's no there's no like university course on being a parent do you know what I mean like if I, I can't even because I don't have children now either I cannot imagine having a child and raising a child at any age, let alone birth to three, without doing my degree and without doing my teaching, because I'm like, I, I would never have known the development stages, the milestones, the yeah. what to do if, when, like, and parents don't get that. And that's really terrifying. So I feel like as well, we've got that added pressure of, you know, helping parents 
support their earliest children because there's so much that goes on in those first five years you know 90 percent of your brain is developed in those first five years and there's so many new things that you know we're learning to walk to talk to eat to poop you know like there's so many things but you just think hold a minute how it's things you'll do for the rest of your life do you know what i mean like don't get me wrong school is so vital and the things that you learn in school but like in the early years these are things that actually make you into who you are and it is it is so vital to have to know yeah. the support and things like that for parents as well like it is it is crazy that the amount of yeah. things that you actually don't realize that go on when you have children do you know what i mean no so. i would be i would be at um I would be a terrible mother if I did not have my degree. Those poor children, thank goodness I became a teacher. Phew. Um, oh, we've got a lovely comment here from R XOXO. Thanks for the kisses and hugs. I'm a reception teacher and the progress the children make is amazing. I agree. I feel like we're such a special time because you can see such progress in such a short amount of time. They really, like you say, grow yeah. up. And that is so special to watch. This this is what I, I say all the time. And then when it comes to, you know, um, wages and things like that, and I know it's always going to be a battle and it'll never be completely the way everybody wants it to be. But, you know, over here anyway, I could pro- I could make more money flipping burgers at McDonald's than, oh, I could, 100%. than I could, you know, teaching a child weaning them teaching them how to use the potty teaching them language teaching them everything that they're going to use to then grow up in this world and it just baffles me and I'm it really annoys me <laughs> I have don't to even with my husband all the time and I'm like I feel like we, we, I mean, there's already like a mini revolution going on in the UK. I think about how early as teachers and teachers in general are treated. But like you say, we are literally growing the future generation. Like we're giving them life skills. Like, I mean, why are we not appreciated? I could go into this. Don't, don't get me started now, Amy. Don't get me started. This is not what it was. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But let's think about then the other difference. And I think this is quite a big one. The curriculum. So we have the EYFS framework from the government and then you can use the non-statutory documents like Development Matters or Birth to Five Matters to sort of, you know, have a focus on the curriculum and what areas you want to do. You don't you don't have that. What do you have? No, we just have our sort of Department of Education curriculum. Um, so it sort of is split into obviously your school curriculum, which would be from P1, primary one to primary seven. Um, but you also then have your preschool curriculum. Um, so it sort of um, covers all the areas of like personal, social and emotional development, uh, physical development and movement, um, language development, um, the arts, early mathematical, um, let me get the, the world around us, all that sort of stuff. Um, so that sort of um, the preschool curriculum that that um, most places would would then follow. Um, when it comes to sort of there are standards and things like that for um, day nurseries and other early years settings and things like that. Um, but they wouldn't fall under the early years. Sorry, they wouldn't fall under the Department of Education. They would go then to like sort of the early years team instead. So you would oh. sort of be um, you would be the what's that called just forgot the name and um, you're sort of 
Local authorities? Inspections, your sort of inspections would be done by different people. Um, so if you're like primary school, the P- P1, P7, it's done differently than it is done in nursery or nursery is then done differently as it is in then daycare um, and things like that. So um, it is it is quite different. Um, now, a lot of the stuff, because I look at it all the time and all the stuff that comes out of EYFS England is amazing, the resources and things like that on Twinkle. A lot of it can be used in Northern Ireland as well because all of the sort of typical aims of development and care and things like that are sort of the same, but it's just labeled different. So as I said, we don't have birth birth to three matters or development matters or any of that stuff. Um, It's more just sort of the um, sort of curriculum stuff and then the, the care and social care side of things as well so wow. it is it is slightly different yeah I think the biggest difference for me is the fact that so your primary one is like foundation stage right so reception yes is that nursery and reception and so nurseries and preschool and reception are on completely different curriculums that's that's weird to me because in England birth to five you know preschool nursery reception we're all in one bit and then like it's the others no I'm joking like it's not like that but it's you know we're, we're, we're yeah. together yeah our foundation stage which would be p1 and p2 mm. um is on the same curriculum as it would be from p1 to p7 and then our sort of preschool curriculum now it's the same it comes from the same people it comes from the department of education it's just outlined differently which is probably mm. very helpful because you don't want to have to read all the rest of the stuff that you don't have to care mm. about. Um, so it is just sort of like simplified into what you specifically need for that age group and things like that. And obviously ratios change, things like that. Um, but yeah, it, it is, that is sort of the main difference between over here and, and the UK. Um, but, you know, it's, it even, it even confused me. I have a couple of family members and stuff who are um, live over in England and when it comes to holidays or even what year group they're in, they're oh. like, I'm in this year group and I'm like, what, what is that? I'm like, <laughs> we're, P, we're P1 to P7 and then you go into first year and up to high school, blah, 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 blah. So it is, it is that is the confusing part for me. <laughs> I mean, imagine if you've got friends who've got children who were born in August, like they will be in a completely different year group if they were in England to Northern I Ireland. Know. That is just, that's really funny to me. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But the areas of learning seem quite similar. I know, like you said, they've got different names. So you've got um, communication and language, physical development, um, personal, social and emotional development, literacy, maths, understanding of the world, expressive arts and design. Those were the kind of similar words to the titles that you were using too, which is actually quite comforting. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is basically exactly the same, just worded slightly differently. So um, it does show that we're all learning the sort of same things. And I I guess those are the, the key main areas of learning that children at that age need to have. So it yeah. makes sense that it is the same. Um, and I'm sure sort of across the world, it is, you know, those areas fall into lots of different places because those are the particular areas that you need. But it is, it, it's quite comforting to know that we're all sort of on the same wavelength of some sort. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if like one of the curriculums was like computing or something? We'd be like, that's, we're not doing, uh-oh. <laughs> like uh, why, why are we not doing that but yeah, yeah. it's few it's quite similar one it thing i found really interesting sorry go ahead is that when i was talking to fiona from scotland right 
And their early years curriculum starts from pre-birth. I know. Like, do you, I've never heard anybody, any other country do that. Like, they have a, they have things in place for pre-birth children. Like, does, yeah. does Northern Ireland have they that? They have, like, framework. It's more called, like, when you sort of go before pre uh, nursery school and preschool mm. curriculum, it's then sort of just called framework and things like that like it's not um, curriculum the curriculum only starts really when you're sort of going into education if you get if you understand me but um okay yeah when it comes to nursery and stuff there is an awful lot of things from birth but like I don't mm. know of a whole lot of things before birth um that over here that that sort of but that is very interesting because I isn't guess, it you need like you learn from the minute now you are I conceived guess, conceived <laughs> yeah. everyone that struggles is. they're like how do we how do we say <laughs> they've that they've done the they've made the baby how do we say that you got there well done conceived well conceived. I, was actually, I was actually nearly gonna say by the time they're born but then in my head I was like I can't because it's pre-birth so yeah it's like, I know what is it <laughs> in the tubby curriculum I don't know I don't know it's fun um, but speaking, should, we should name it that <laughs> the tummy curriculum. Tummy. Oh, mine will be a bit. Yeah, mine will be a bit different. <laughs> Do food babies count as well? Because that's all. That's all that I'm packing in here. That's all that I've got. <laughs> um, anyway, enough about me. The typical day in earlier. So you say you've got like uh, day nurseries and private uh, nurseries, and also your foundation stage or your P one and two. What is the what are the typical what does a typical day look like? Like, do you start early? Do you do you have different shifts like our private nurseries do? Do you have set timetables? Yeah, um, I think in every early years, um, settings are nearly different. Um, as I said, I've worked in a lot of them. Um, so day nurseries, obviously, because they are from what you can go to nurse you can go to a day nursery nearly from you're about four months old if, if that's what needs be um so they normally typical day for day nurseries would be sort of opening their doors at seven maybe half seven in the morning closing them at six half six at night and um, so just all day wraparound care and um, the preschool obviously would be a wee, diff- a wee bit different because some of those private nurseries still offer preschool um, funded places so now those would obviously maybe come into place where you come in at nine and then you leave at 12 mm-hmm. or one and um, but there are also children then who are in preschool who are still in the daycare side of things and um, where they are there from seven to six um at night so it is it is quite different and um, nursery wouldn't be nursery would be more school hours so well actually shortened days obviously because they're young and um, so nursery mm. maybe start at say half eight nine o'clock and then would finish maybe sort of half twelve one o'clock and um, but then there's also then sort of two sessions so one would run in the morning one would run in the afternoon with two different classes and um, so same thing like then when you go into foundation stage it's it's just a set school day and um, p1 they over here you don't normally start full days until I think it's after Christmas so after the first Mm -hmm. sort of big stint so you'd maybe stay until um let's say half twelve one o'clock no mostly one o'clock and then once um you sort of 
settle into school, then you would stay until two o'clock. So you'd have that extra hour um, after that. And then um, when you move up to school, then it would be most kids stay till three. So, um, and you'd start school about between half eight and nine o'clock. So yeah, it is, it is, um, they are quite varied, um, but a lot of them stick to sort of the same um, timings and things like that, unless it's sort of like a care, more of a care setting than an education setting. But then you have playgroups as well. You have playgroups as well that run maybe out of churches, things like that, which maybe run as well as sort of the nursery would maybe run, you could maybe start at, um, I don't know, 10 o'clock and finish at maybe half 12, maybe a couple of hours, or there's ones that run longer than that. So there are lots of different options, um, but obviously a lot of those aren't compulsory and it depends on whether you want to as a parent or not. Um, but yeah, school days are, are pretty pretty set and similar to other places, I think. Yeah, I think the biggest difference there is when you go into P1, you say they go full-time after Christmas. That's like a whole term to settle in, which I think is really good I think there's quite a big focus over here about getting them in as soon as possible and a lot of children might be okay with that but when I was in nursery and I had a a little child who had just turned three and they had a week of transition like I just oh it made it made my heart sink like this poor they've literally just turned three and you're expecting them to settle and we'd just gone through covid as well so they hadn't experienced the literally hadn't experienced the outside world for their entire life and I was just like oh so I that that sounds really positive that you do give them time it is and I definitely think it works as well for a lot of children because if if they don't go to any sort of education or care setting before they go to primary school, then it is a big shock to the system. And, you know, yes. being in somewhere away from your parents for that length of time, maybe you've never done it. And it does, mm-hmm. I think it definitely does make a difference. Um, and over COVID over in Northern Ireland, they actually brought in sort of like a, they would bring in um, teachers who didn't actually have a class. And what they would do is they would take individual children out, especially in P1 and P2, who maybe were more affected by COVID and missed learning or things like that. And they would take them out and maybe cover areas that they felt they needed um, a little bit more help in and stuff like that, which was really, really good. I think it really, the P1 teachers especially, I think really noticed a difference because it meant that they had the time to teach what they had planned but at the same time they weren't letting those children fall behind in the areas that maybe they needed a little bit more help in so that was really good and actually they ran it again this year I'm nearly positive so um, they have kept it going which was great um, and I think it really did make a difference because COVID really did sort of um, social aspect of things for kids was really really difficult for me it was difficult <laughs> and I'm right. a child. <laughs> Well, I'm a child on the inside and I find the whole process difficult. <laughs> well, so I feel like these poor kids. Have, we work with them um, in early years, I think a wee bit. We're just letting our inner child be free and I love it. And that's yeah. totally fine. <laughs> Speaking of love, what is your favourite thing about working in early years in Northern Ireland? What do you love about it the most? Um, oh, there's so many things. It's so hard to pick one specifically. Um... <laughs> As I sort of said earlier, you know, 
it's just for me it would be the excitement in me or a child when they've learned something or they've understood something that maybe they didn't I'm, I'm very much I sort of um, in my career I sort of specialized a lot in SEND and um, it's sort of quite close to my heart and when a child you know I worked with one-to-ones and, and other things like that and when a child picks something up that maybe they'd really struggled with like and the just the delight on their face and how it made me feel you know it made me feel like I just won the lottery and they'd only learned how to <laughs> maybe write their name or something you know it's something so simple and I think it's just that really that really for me is the thing I love most about early years is because you get that nearly on a daily basis like children are learning and exploring and finding things out in every aspect like you could give them a cardboard box and they would still learn something and it's like (laughs) it's just amazing it's cute isn't it and you get caught up in it like I feel like a lot of things we, we we would take for granted because it's just what we know and what we've done. But like for example, if they see a caterpillar for the first time in the outside area and the pandemonium that then ensues and they're like, What's this? And everyone crowds around and they talk and it's so exciting. You think, Oh yeah, that's actually look at the look at this little beautiful miracle of nature. Yeah. Let's let's get excited about this. Like it's the learning from Sam from that little creature is incredible like what yeah. you can sort of develop from that which is what I love like when you get to a certain age in school and things like that there isn't that sort of excitement and education and the exploring sort of wears away and you know a lot already where in the early years like a stone is so exciting <laughs> yeah. I love it it's like the best thing a leaf ever. oh my god a leaf yeah, it's just it's just amazing like it's just that's that's what I love most about about um, early years me too and we've got someone in the comments who agrees with us uh, from keep smiling it's crazy how something small opens so much of their imagination up i love it right i feel like we could learn so much from children as well because they can take that inspiration from seemingly nothing and you're like oh yeah that's a good oh i didn't think of it that way like kids are great in early years i think we definitely need to see the world from a child's perspective more often (laughs) like I just think when we get old and everything gets the same and you've, you've seen that leaf 500 times and it's not exciting anymore, it's like, just find that inner child and get excited about the smallest things and life would be so much better. Amy, we could heal the world. We could heal the world with this. Let's just release that inner child through early years. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. <laughs> Uh, keep smiling also says, I managed to keep them entertained with a tiny alien for a whole week. <laughs> brilliant there you go it's, i love it <laughs> each time an airplane went i was like quick hide it's the UFOs. <laughs> that's brilliant you know what i'm gonna nick that idea that is great i am obsessed with that it's a ufo coming for the alien i love yeah. it oh speaking of things we love uh we've got to play a little game for the end of our tiktok live episode um are you ready it's I- called Oh, look at that. She's got her game face and everything. It's called Would You Rather Teacher Edition. Okay, so we've learned a lot about, you know, some uh, pretty cool stuff about early years. We want to learn a bit more about you, Amy. Okay, so would you rather tea or coffee? Coffee. I do not oh. like tea. <gasps> what's wrong with tea? Why? I'm so English. Like, what's wrong with tea? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've always wanted to like tea. I just don't like it. But I love a good cup of coffee. 
maybe you've just not tried the right did you know there were like loads of different teas met amy <laughs> like you can get fruit teas Absolutely. i've got a caramel brownie tea to be fair only in the last year maybe a berry tea oh i i have been enjoying a berry tea but that's because it doesn't taste like tea it tastes like berries and i like berries so it that's... kind of defeats the purpose of having tea <laughs> that's true that's true okay what kind of coffee is it then Oh, any coffee. I don't like <laughs> I any coffee. Just really strong caffeine. Anything just else doesn't matter. Strong caffeine. Strong caffeine. Do like a little latte <laughs> if I go out and maybe do a coffee mm. shop or something like that. But right. any coffee. And it needs syrup for me. Like I need that like black coffee without like sugar. I just, no, mm, mm, no it I'm needs to really be. black coffee kind of person. I can mm. drink it, but no. Yeah, like we caramel, caramel syrup or something. What about an Irish coffee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never uh, had one, but they look fair, delicious. It's not something I would have ever. Really. <laughs> Maybe we should try it. We should yeah. do some uh, do some research. <laughs> um, next question: Would you rather a hot climate or a cold climate for your holiday? Hmm. Definitely more of a hot person. Right. For me, it's a no-brainer. Like, who would who would choose to be cold? Who would do that? I do love exploring countries, and I don't mind if it's cold or warm or whatever, but it's just getting it. I think it's because we live in the UK. Like, we don't get sunshine. So why would we choose to go away somewhere that doesn't get sunshine? <laughs> just makes no sense. <laughs> right? We're already cold. Why do we want more of that? For more rain and no. cloud. Like, no. I know. No, thank you. <laughs> Like no, it's exactly. I agree with so, you. And yeah, for me, there's there's no such thing as too hot. Like people will go, oh, it's too hot. No, more please. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm I, in yeah. a jumper right now. It's like not. I think it's. I think it reached 19 degrees today. I'm in Northwest England, um, and I've got a t-shirt on and a jumper. I'm like, now this is cold to me. <laughs> Ramp it up. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and I live in like. You know what they say, don't they, though? Cold hands, warm heart, babes. Yeah. That's what we've got. I, I, I love it. I agree. <laughs> Last question, but certainly not the least. Would you rather hockey or rugby? Now, is this to play or to watch? Maybe let's do both. Well, that is the question. I play hockey. So Ooh. I love a good bit of hockey to play. Yes, I like to watch it at a high level. At sort of standard level, it can get quite scrappy. So I wouldn't really. Well, oh, this is a hard question. I love my rugby. I'm a big, I'm a big rugby girl. Big rugby girl. I was brought up watching rugby with my dad, and I'm obsessed. Like honestly, you can find me if you can't find me on a Friday night, um, and there's a rugby match on. That's where you'll find me. <laughs> right? Okay. Like but, I'm in the northwest. What? I'm in the northwest, right? St Helens, okay. big rugby town, rugby league. It's like where it is. What, what's your team? Ulster rugby. <gasps> mm, mm, mm. Maybe we should go to a match together. That would be Definitely. fun. Definitely around our birthdays. <laughs> <gasps> we could have a joint birthday rugby party thing. Funness, <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. I'm totally down for this. Yeah, definitely. and also hockey. Look, I know rugby is like violent but hockey is ruthless i'm sorry you people are mean with those hockey sticks i can't i can't do hockey they're mean <laughs> I know, I are do you one of those 
One are you, are you vicious one. with a hockey stick? Yeah, are you are you uh, are you a shin smacker? No, is that is that you? No, I'm I'm very I'm very um, clean hockey player. I don't believe you. I don't. Believe you. <laughs> I don't want to play. You ran the wrong way, maybe not. <laughs> oh oh oh. Okay. She's, so yes, she's putting the gauntlet down. Probably be my answer would probably be hockey to play and rugby to watch. Okay, that's fair. I like that. That's fair. It's, it's nice and fair. You got I, I'm, I like not, it. I'm not exactly a, a rugby. I wouldn't really like to play rugby. <laughs> I, I would like to have, you know, whole bones in my body. That would be great. Me too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been so nice to have a chat with you today. I mean, thank you so much for joining us um, on TikTok Live for our Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast live episode. If people want to find out more about what you do and maybe they want to move to Northern Ireland and train to be a teacher and teach in your nurseries, where can we find you? You can find me on uh, Twinkle Northern Ireland Facebook page and Instagram and also then Twinkle Northern Ireland TikTok, which we're on now. So hop on over and you will be able to find us there. Amazing. Thank you so much, birthday twin. It's been a lovely evening. Thank you everybody else for joining us as well. And hopefully we'll get to this again soon. Yes, thank you but so for much now. for having me. You're welcome. Have a lovely evening, everybody. Bye. You too. Bye. Thank you so much, Amy, for chatting with us today. Now, did you know as well that Twinkle Northern Ireland have their own podcast called We Bonds? How cute is that? I love it. I love it. Apparently, it's a very common phrase in Northern Ireland, and I know that Amy will do a fantastic job. So go and check them out on social media and go and listen to their podcast as well. Now, we've got one more episode left in this mini series. We're going to be talking to Samaya from the United Arab Emirates. Next episode, and that will finish our mini-series, and it'll be back to uh, back to the normal schedule. I say normal. Is it really ever normal with me? But it'll be fun anyway. And also, we'll be unveiling our brand new look. We've had a little bit of a uh, update in terms of the episode covers, and we're really excited to show you our little, uh, our little refresh in terms of our look. So... Until that time, have a great week and I'll see you very soon. Bye-bye. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. If you would like to join in or would like to know more, then come and find us on our social media sites. We have a Facebook page, Facebook groups, an Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. All the links of where to find us will be in our podcast description. Come and join the conversation. And whatever you're doing today, I hope you have a great day.